Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KCAA Loma Linda. 10.50 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Sports Radio Update starts now. Final round of the U.S. Open today at Pebble Beach. The leaders won't tee off until later on this afternoon. Gary Woodland sits atop at 11 under par, one stroke better than Justin Rose, Louis Oosthuizen, and Brooks Kepka among a group of golfers next at 7 under. Rory McIlroy is at 6 under. For Tiger Woods, he will begin his final round at even par. The big story of the weekend, the Lakers' acquisition of Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, included in the package going back to New Orleans, is former number two overall pick Lonzo Ball, and as expected, his father, LeVar, would have something to say about this trade. They're going to regret it. I'm going to have fun with it. Because it's, 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 I told y'all it was crashing down. Now it completely crashed, but at least my son got off the boat before the thing exploded. I gave him a chance. You can rewind it and go back. And I said, if you get the three ball brothers, you're going to survive this. You let them go. Oh, it's going to be a cold day in here. Audio courtesy of ESPN's own Young Misuck. As a result of the deal, the Lakers have moved to favorites to win the NBA title, according to latest sportsbook odds. Baseball, the New York Yankees have added more offense, acquiring slugger Edwin Encarnacion from the Mariners, and he is not in the lineup today for them. Sticking in New York, pitcher Noah Syndergaard will hit the injured list for the Mets. He's dealing with a strained hamstring. First pitch coming up with eight games set to begin in the 1 o'clock Eastern window. Soccer, the U.S. women's national team with a 3-0 lead over Chile at the half. Women's World Cup action, a win from the U.S. would advance them to the next round. Carly Lloyd has scored twice. The U.S. is now one goal shy of the group stage record for Lloyd. She's also the oldest player to score twice in a World Cup game. Get all of your scores on the NBC Sports Scores app. I'm Scott Seidenberg with NBC NBC News Radio, I'm Roger Hudson. Target says its computer systems are back online after a crash that had people waiting in line for an hour or so just to check out around the country. Target said they are still investigating the cause of the computer glitch. A United Airlines flight skidded partially off the runway this afternoon while landing at Newark International Airport. Forcing a temporary ground stop, passenger Chris Anthony was on board flight 627 originating from Denver. I felt like we hit like a big wind shear 
and then it knocked us sideways. According to the FAA, the plane experienced multiple flat tires. Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are calling for a swift action to secure the seas for trade after two tankers were attacked in the past week in the Persian Gulf. Russia and Qatar are calling for international investigations into the attacks. The United States is blaming Iran, but Iran is denying they did it. Roger Hudson, NBC News Radio. Why are you listening to this radio station? Why? When you can host your own radio show. You're listening, and you think you can do better? You have a message or a product you want everyone to know about. Host your own radio show. Team up with the area's best radio professionals and let them make you sound like you should be on NBC. KCAA NBC Radio, that is. KCAA produces more than 50 local programs each week on subjects ranging from business and sports to political talk, vegan diets, or even marijuana-related issues. We don't just broadcast on the radio. We broadcast to the world, online, on TV, on social media, on Facebook. You'll be all over. Imagine what your friends will say. And KCAA reaches over 5 million people on three radio stations. Join the staff on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. NBC Radio. Jump on the KCAA Express. Call 909-793-1065. That's 909-793-1065. And get ready to transmit. This segment brought to you by Tammy Sutherland and Mary Vita of REMAX Advantage Realty, your hometown realty company serving Yucaipa, where they make it their business to put happy people in happy homes. It's Tammy and Mary's passion to list your house and put you in just the right house you can call home. Here's what people are saying day after day. Tammy did way more than we ever expected in a real estate agent. Without Tammy, we would still be renting. I didn't think we'd ever find a house uh, we loved, but with Tammy's help, we did. Now I get to mow the lawn every weekend. (laughs) But then again, that's why we had kids. Brandon! She made so much extra effort to sell our house and make sure that we understood every step of the way. Tammy always had our best interests at heart. So if you want a perfect house, you can find Tammy or Mary at REMAX Advantage Realty. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, it's homesbytammy.net or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Realtor Tammy Sutherland. You can also reach Tammy or Mary Vita by phone at 909-556-2094. guys it's father's day happy father's day to you happy father's day to you but uh who was the woman who had the most children wallace why are you asking about the woman who had the most children on father's day well mainly because there's a lot more effort you know just initially in uh in uh uh mothering, birthing a child than there is in being that old sex machine and fathering a child. And I think it's a big difference. You know, as we go into Father's Day, I'm not really wanting to salute those guys who are (laughs) big sex machine. I'm thinking more about the daddies, you know, the ones who hang in there, who hung in there, um, 
who did the real father thing. Um, maybe it wasn't a child that was produced by them being the sex machine. It was a child. Somebody that uh, was maybe down the street, across the street, kid who didn't have a dad, or even a kid who did have a dad. But a, a man who decided that he would share some time, spend some time uh, physically, mentally, uh, in just mentoring someone else's child or his own child. But I want to salute the fathers of all the different genders that may be there because raising a child is a lot more important than being a sex machine. I like that song. You know, that was a good song. Good music, dance to it, and all that stuff. But it's not the right attitude for becoming uh, someone that's generating life, participating in generating life and dealing with the responsibility of what that life is going to uh, do, contribute, or have done to it as it goes about uh, life, living next to you, sharing the freeway with you, sharing the highway with you, sharing the restaurant with you, sharing time and space with you, despite having been neglected, not loved, hated, mistreated, abused, and learning all of those hateful things because he didn't have a daddy? He had a sex machine for a producer? Come on, society, it's up to us. You know, we love all these kids. We always tell our young folk, hey, you guys be careful, you know, or don't go out and just have babies. And But, you know, when they do, what do we do? We have to absorb and protect and take care of those babies. You got people talking about a boy. Listen, I'm not one to tell a woman what to do with her body, but I am going to suggest to society what we do with anything that's walking around alive. We treat it nice. Be good to it. Educate it. Why? Because you don't need to be dependent on somebody who is not educated. Do you want to be living next to people who've been soured by life because of abuse, mistreatment, neglect? When it's too easy to, to sweeten them up. You know, provide. Share. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. But I brought some experts in here that maybe you will get some information that will maybe lead you to participating more with uh, the true life. You know, not that fake life that tells you you can, uh, if you keep them over there across the border, uh, you don't have to worry about. No, man, the world is too small. We have found now that little, little tiny fishes and clams and stuff down at the bottom of the ocean that we thought was too far to reach and touch, that those guys have been the recipients of little radioactive stuff that we caused here as we play with nuclear bombs. How could we reach that far? Why? Because this is God's world. It's not your world. He gave it to you. You don't have to mess it up. Well, anyway, it's Father's Day. Love, not sex. Love is what makes a father. I've got uh, coming online with us two important people in our lives, your life and mine. You don't even know how important they are in yours, maybe. But that's part of what I want to show you is that we're all in a big world of jail. When you push, I feel. When I push, you feel. When I say something stupid and it grows, it may rain on you. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's try to work this thing out. We're going to probably take our break. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to introduce Mr. Walter Hawkins, of uh, Newhawk Consulting. He's going to talk to us about the census 
You know, what's the census? We have people talking, well, I don't, you know, should, should we ask people what uh, nation, uh, what they're, are they a citizen? You know, we want to count them, but more just counting them. There's things in the set place, and uh, that was to deal with the critters. I don't know. There may have been some two-legged critters that uh, had to be dealt with, but I, well, we were in Mississippi, probably did. But you know, nobody walked around with guns on their hips unless they were out there hunting and we were definitely taught not to play with the guns. So I'm not, I'm not one who thinks that guns automatically are bad, but I tell you what, when you put guns in a bad society where people are not getting along, where you've got people who have been raised as victims of abuse, neglect, no daddy, no love, no, I think maybe you don't want to have too many guns around those kind of people. I don't know. That's why we've got these experts they're going to talk to us right after the break. And I'll tell you what, let's go on and take that break. We'll be right back, and we'll see if we love each other enough to take care of at least ourselves. Publish your legal notice in West Side Story newspaper. For the best service and the best rates, call 909-384-8131. Publishing legal notices in the city and county of San Bernardino since 1990. West Side Story provides friendly expert service. Call 909-384-8131 to benefit from budget-friendly rates. Whether a fictitious business name, a name change, a divorce summons, or any other legal or public notice, call West Side Story newspaper, 909-384-8131. 909-384-8131. That's 909-384-8131. All right, we are back. I, <clears throat> I pointed out to you this is Father's Day, and uh, last month on Mother's Day, we did a little research to find out who was the lady who had the most children. Not getting bogged down there. This woman had 69 children. She, she, and I'll tell you what, as they introduced her in the, in the history book, they didn't name her. They said she was the wife of, as though the man did. I'm not going to name him either because he wasn't satisfied with her 69 children. He went off and found another woman and made another 19 children. Now, how much daddy time did he really provide? I don't know. I could feel soft and cushy and woozy about the lady who had all those children. I mean, it was, I mean, she's a mother. What can you say? You got it. She's tough. She was good. But the guy who fathered 69 kids it's like, what's up with you, dude? Anyway. All right. We have Miss uh, Miss April Clay on the phone. Good morning, April. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you all? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Listen to us on the phone, not on the radio, if you're there like that. And uh, Walter, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing great, Wallace. Doing okay. great. Happy, happy Father's Day and Grandfather's Day. Ah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And I am a grandfather and a great-grandfather. So mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's, that's the deal. Uh, can you hear each other? Clay, uh, uh, April, can you hear Walter when Walter's talking? Uh, yes, I can. Okay, very good. We're going to have a nice little conversation here. You guys see how crazy I am. I mean, I'm, when I say crazy, I'm not, 
I'm not uh, overly satisfied with the status of our fathers in our community. And I'm wondering, is that just a personal view or should I be a lot happier with uh, what's going on? And let me start then with you, April. Uh, you've got some information and some concerns about violence in the community. Let's let be, what are your concerns? Talk to us. All right. So I like that you uh, cited the connection between fathers being present in the home and that being a need for there to be emotional balance. And it's not just, I think, in the kids, but just in the communities at large. We need to have uh, the presence of, um, you know, both men and women in our community. Uh, but there is an article dated back to October, released in October from Father Magazine, and it, it, it points to the fact that these fatherless homes do breed violence or create a, a space where violence is more likely to uh, be present. And so I, I want to give you just a couple things to think about and to talk about for just a second. Okay. One of the things that it quotes here is that 63% of kids who commit suicide are in fatherless homes. So that's more than half. More than half of kids who commit suicide are in homes where the father's not present. Another um, statistic cited here is that 90% of all homes, um, homeless and runaway kids are coming from homes where the father is absent. 90% of runaways. 90%. And then according to the article, 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders. That's something because when I ran away from home, April, excuse me, when I ran away from home, it was because I knew my dad. <laughs> I knew my dad wasn't going to be real friendly about me having a skip band practice and lied about it and all that stuff. So to hear about the kids who run away because they don't have a dad, man, um, a, well, little, a little levity in the deal. But, yeah, my dad made me run away. But I did have to, I mean, I had to come back and face up to it. And it wasn't anything like as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I thought, I, I thought I'd be going to heaven or something or hell. But, um, but yeah, that's a, well, that, that's, a big, that's a bad statistic. 90% uh, of runaways run away from a fatherless home. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I just had to. My memory's too bad. I didn't want to have to try to remember that to tell it later. Okay. Uh, go, well, go on, uh, April. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. And uh, it, it's important to know that, that, or to note that it's not so much that we could say is solely based on the father being absent, but some of the factors do include the absence of that father in the home. So it might be the presence of, you know, the, the absence of the father, maybe the presence of a, a step parent. It might be that. You know, it might be that the child was in uh, the, the system. There could be other factors. Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't want to say just that the father's absent, but the article does point that out as a highlighted feature, so that's important for us to consider. Um, and then the third one that was listed in this article that I think we should give just, you know, consideration to, um, let's see, is that it says 80% of people who participate in or, you know, rape. It says 80% of rapists motivated with anger that's displaced ah. come from homes where the father's absent. Hmm. And what about prison? Say anything about the uh, number of people who are in prison and who were fatherless or had no home? Let's see here. Let's just speak straight to prison. 
uh, nine, it says that if you are in a fatherless home, you're nine times more likely to end up in a state-operated institution. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, Walt, as we're talking, uh, here, hearing these statistics, does any of this uh, correlate with uh, what you find out with, with, the, with the census? Uh, uh, yes, it does, Wallace, and um, glad to be on the line with April today. Hi, April, how are you? Good morning, I'm well, how are you, Brother Walter? I'm do, doing great. Yeah, Wallace, it does, and I'll, I'll go a little bit farther back than that is, um, I don't know if you remember, but actually my early training in community organization was through uh, a, a master's in social work, and I spent time in San Diego um, working with families in the adoption process and a lot of foster foster families um, trying to place children in homes, in permanent homes. Yes. And so I think one of the other aspects that we don't look at, um, and fortunately in California and even in higher education, uh, we we are paying a closer attention to foster families and trying to support them. Uh, one of my first memories of Willie Brown, again, as a social worker, is that um, one of the things that he did that brought my attention to him was he, he had a bill in the early 70s that um, recognized the importance of adoption and, and support. So what he did was, in order to, to support families and encourage adoption, he, um, he passed a bill that would allow adoptive families to maintain the um, funds that foster, that, that, um, foster families got in supporting, in supporting children. So again, this seems like a, a little thing, but the idea was to, to again, encourage the um, strength and strengthen black families. And, and that is, again, a, an important thing we need today. today. One of the most important variables in, in, the, in the work and the report that I did today is the same thing. There are two aspects. Number one is um, the census. Um, people who are living in homes with children under five are less likely to complete the census. And another factor is is, the, is what we're talking about today, um, female households where there are um, children under 18 and no husband present. Uh, they're less likely to, to participate in the census. So what that means is as much as we know about the issue that's being discussed by April, um, we don't really know how, how critical it is or what, what how bad it is today because we're not keeping track of those families. So the important thing, again, related to this is it is going to be really important that we get black families and black communities to participate in the census because resources that can help address some of those things that we're, that we're talking about today, you know, how do we strengthen families? How do we encourage um, children to, um, to, to recognize the importance of education? How do we help families to recognize the importance of getting support if you, have, if you identify an issue with your child? What support is there in the community to help them? So, again, a lot of these resources, um, we hear about the SNAP program and other you know, welfare and those kind of things. Again, a lot of those are based on, on information that comes from the census. So uh, it's really important that we participate as a community in the census coming up next year because it's going to be another way that we have resources to help strengthen black families and the black community. April, what are some of the problems that ripple from the violence in, in the community? And let's 
talk a little bit more about you know your general your general concerns about uh, violence in the community. So this morning, I have two two primary concerns on my heart. So my, um, as you you already shared, the organization that I represent is Clay Counseling. It's actually Clay Counseling Solutions um, as well as Foundation. But we have um, partnered with the City of San Bernardino to provide support to reduce the violence. Um, it's called the Violence Intervention and Prevention Program, and we have a recent act of violence that occurred in the city itself, um, the shooting and, and killing of a young man just last week. And this, this young man was a, a child of the community. He was somebody's student. He was, uh, you know, a, a, a daughter, a, a, a son to both a living mother and father. He, he was a nephew, a cousin. Um, he, he was a person who a lot of people, you know, knew. And even though he may not have been the all-star playing at USC or someone who was in the community that everyone is saying, raving about, he was still a human being who had life and purpose in our community. And I can't speculate as to why the violence took place, but his life was gone. And we have to find other ways of coping with our stresses that can help us beyond um, interacting with one another in a grocery store setting with public eyes watching and deciding to pull out a a gun and killing, shooting and killing someone who makes you angry. You you said stresses. Um, The community that is under stress, uh, we as a society have just recently in the last years discovered or talked about stress. But just because it took us that long to discover and decide to talk about it, what what is the stress in a minority community? Could talk about that stress. What is what is it? What does it look like? How can we tell? So, it's so can I be transparent and tell you? Oh, please be very transparent. Matter of fact, you could just get down and raw. We would appreciate. Well, I'll be raw. It. Okay. Two two kids in the same house respond differently to the same environmental factors. So dad being present or absent, mom being present or absent, um, the relatives coming over to visit or never coming to visit, these all these these variables could be stressors depending on the child and his or her perception and their the other things that increase their resiliency. Are they involved in sports? Do they have a relationship with peers? Are they happy with themselves? Do they like their lives? Do they have a purpose beyond themselves? Um, all these things weigh in on how you and I respond to life stressors. Then when you add trauma in there, historical trauma, present-day trauma, recent events that were traumatic, being in a car and it was in an accident, or having living in an environment where shooting and violence takes place, fighting takes place, or gun, um, guns being visible, or the presence of drug use, these are all factors that might become stressors. And I, and I would say most folks in society who live be, uh, in, a, in a setting where they don't have to live, have those environmental factors will look at and judge and say that a person is um, more, you're, you're going to be more stressed because you live in that environment. But we all are different. Every person is different, and we all respond to the things around us differently. Would so, we, you're going to say then, or could we say that, Everybody's going to be exposed to some stress because stress is really based on 
decisions and opportunity and expectations, whether that leads to disappointment or gratification. But we all have those expectations and and goals, and that creates a little stress. If we win with those goals, we have uh, accomplishment. If we lose, we actually have some emotional trauma. Now, everybody has that. What makes that special in our community? Or, 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 or would, am I out there by myself? I mean, when I say everybody has that, do you agree to some degree or am I? I um, yeah, I would, I would, I would be, I, w- I don't know. I would be careful not to say that I think everyone has the same level of trauma. Oh, no, no, not the same level. With, not the, We deal with a different set yes, of stressors. Yes. And one of the stresses that we deal with is everyday um, acts of racial aggression to some degree. In most times, it's microaggression. Walking into the store and feeling like the all eyes are on you. That 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 thing that we live in. Um, unless you're in a bubble, most of us don't live in that bubble. We are exposed to to additional factors that add to and. You know. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. They'll compound our stress. Additional factors uh, in the African-American community that occur to uh, African-Americans that don't occur to other individuals of other cultures. Hmm. Wonder what or that could be. Or don't occur in the same way, right? Well, because depending hmm. on your complexion. Let me see. What could that be? If you're Latino, you walk into the store and you're dark and you're my complexion, you're going to get followed because they don't know. Whether you're they black or Latino. <laughs> so huh? they, they don't know whether you're black or Latino, huh? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder what that's all about. Am I going to, I think I'm going to take a break. And when I come back from the break, I'm going to ask a question. Um, it has to do with, ah, we wear the mask. You're familiar with that term and the poem, I'm sure. Both of you, right? April? Not the poem, no. Not oh, yeah. We wear the mask of uh, uh, divorce anyway. It has to do with we wear the mask. Well, we'll talk about it when we come back. Why a mask? What's a mask for? This is Empire Talks Back. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with our guest, April Clay, Walter Hawkins. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. 
Publish your legal notice in Westside Story newspaper. For the best service and the best rates, call 909-384-8131. Publishing legal notices in the city and county of San Bernardino since 1990. Westside Story provides friendly expert service. Call 909-384-8131 to benefit from budget-friendly rates. Whether a fictitious business name, a name change, a divorce summons, or any other legal or public notice, call Westside Story newspaper, 909-384-8131. 909-384-8131. That's 909-384-8131. We are back. This is Empire Talks Back. I'm Wallace Allen on the case for truth and justice with the right information to help improve the situation. We're speaking this morning with April Clay, uh, Dr. April Clay of Clay Counseling Services. They do uh, solutions and they have a foundation. Uh, we are also speaking with Mr. Walter Hawkins of Newhawk Consulting. Uh, he's uh, been telling us about demographics for years here in the Inland Empire, and he's guiding us through the uh, concept of how important the census is to us, how we need to be involved in it, and what it tells us about our community. As we were leaving, we went into break, I brought up the term, we wear the mask, because we're discussing the potential of stress in the black community, white community, whole world. Uh, but the poem, the poem is by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, I'm going to go to, I'll read the first stanza. We wear the mask, we wear, but let the world dream otherwise, we wear the mask. Okay, as black folk, we have issues and problems, but in front of the rest of the world, we smile, we pretend that everything is all right. I think most people attempt to do something of that sort. Society tells us to put on a happy face, but we're not happy. That's what I mean when I say we wear the mask. Wear the mask. We are, we start off our our life uh, with, uh, I guess uh, you know we we're, we're hiding. How much stress does that cause? How much? How necessary is that in the African American community? Is there another term for it, April, in terms of uh, how we look at ourselves and what we do to respond to society and how much stress that really causes us? And what the, can the rest of us do to de-stress the circumstance that our friends and family live in? Hmm. I like the question. Um, I don't know that I could say there's a single word that comes to mind uh, with how we wear the mask. But that we wear the mask, I, I believe, will be closely tied to um, or very indicative of what Du Bois, W.E.B. Du Bois was talking about when he said double consciousness. We have to. We have to operate in both worlds. And if we allow everyone to know what's behind that smile, um, we put ourselves in a vulnerable position. Because if you let the enemy know when you have somebody trying to um, to wear you down, if you let them know that you're getting fatigued, the battle might be half lost right there. So we have to wear the mask. So does that not explain some of the trauma and stress that goes on in the African-American community as we are, I mean, the echo of, the echo of enslavement, the echo of, uh, of Jim Crow 
the uh, presence of situations where we are talking about freedom in other countries and the right for other people to vote and, and how we'll put our American money on other people, countries, uh, regime change to become democracies. And in our country, we still have voter suppression activity by major, major institutions. Uh, is that not stressful? The idea of, as we look at the census or we look at uh, employment and business figures and, you know, does the black community have a, now I'm not going to say right, because nobody, you know, you have a right, but that's not something you want to do. How do we deal with stress as individuals and trauma as individuals in a way that can translate to how we can deal with it as a society? I would love to get both of your inputs. I, I'm going to add just the, the idea that we are notorious in a good way we are we have a strong reputation when it comes to spirituality and faith okay and i i do know that research studies do point towards faith even the placebo effect right oh yeah does impact your ability to withstand stress your ability to withstand trauma right and your and your ability to have resiliency when it doesn't when it shouldn't exist so it's the, it's the um, you know, flower growing from the concrete, if you will. And then I would say, in addition to our, our uh, participation in faith traditions and spirituality, we also have the strength that comes from the community, this whole sense of lift while we climb. We're pulling the next person up as we pull ourselves up, and that's, there's a major benefit to one's emotional well-being and sense of self and gratitude and um, sense of self-efficacy when you have someone else that you can point to and say, I did that. I helped him, or I helped her. And your self, your self view, uh, the things that we sing and dance to, uh, the music may go one way and the words another. I was uh, entertaining a friend of mine a couple of days ago, a musician friend, and the song, uh, the Temptation song, um, uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, came on, and he said, oh, I love that song. And I said, oh, man, I like the music, but I hate those lyrics. He says, what's wrong with the lyrics? Okay, so, so we had a discussion there. But, okay, as we danced to Papa Was a Rolling Stone, now he, remind, he said to me, he said, man, this song uh, may make you upset because it sounds like daddies are not there, but you're missing the point that mom was there holding us together. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, okay, so the same, the same lemon that uh, sours my mouth becomes uh, lemonade in yours. So those things occur. So how do, we, how do we come together on these things? Walt, April, this is, as you look at the statistics in the census, Walt, you know, there's always bad news, but there's always good news. Got to be some good news. Well, what are some of the potential things that, we should or could be doing in our communities that the census suggests we have the strength to do. Is that something, well, is that a good question? Yeah, I think some of it is kind of common sense, but I think... Well, ain't nothing common from, about common sense. You know, well, right? no, what I'm saying is just from the perspective of what you said, well, um, when I say common sense is that, um, uh, let's bring it back from a, from a perspective of like where we live in a city and what support there is for people. I think 
the issue right now from a common sense standpoint is that one of the things that we know that, that has taken a place within our community as a whole, the city of San Bernardino, um, the reason that it's not the all-American all city that it was built, up, built to be is because we've eliminated the support systems. And so what we have now is um, the um, distribution of families across the, the area. And so the um, city of San Bernardino, of course, is a non-white city, and the predominant ethnic group is Hispanic. And so when we look at um, services for blacks and things that happen, uh, blacks are spread throughout the area. Traditionally, we always call oh, the West Side, that's the core of the black community. Oh, okay. So, so when you when you say we got rid of the support system, Walt. Uh, well, what, I, what I'm saying is we, 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 all of our institutions are failing our kids from the, um, from, from, um, from the safe standpoint to the education standpoint to the mental health standpoint to the employment standpoint. And a lot of that has to do with race. Um, we talk about how many black kids there are in San Bernardino in the schools. Our county has the second highest black population in the state of California in K through 12. And our but school what, our school officials brag about the fact that they, well, the, the statement they make is that, you know, we've got more kids graduating, we've got more kids going on to four-year schools, we've got more kids committed well, to go that's, on that's, to... That's, that's, unfortunately, in our area, that's not, that's not true. And, that's, and, I mean, if we look at San Bernardino, okay. that's the reason I'm bringing some of this up. Please. Is that the things in the past that we could look to was the importance of moving kids on to education. But we have to pressure our institutions. All of us should be incensed about what's happening at Cal State San Bernardino right now. Um, what is happening uh, at Cal State San Bernardino? just received an award for diversity, you know, of the system. The campus is so diverse. Well, it is diverse, but it's not with blacks. The black, the black participation in higher education, uh, Cal State San Bernardino with over 22,000 students, has under 5% black students when it used to be 13%. So that's another, so that's the place where we no longer can count on education as a way out. If you look at education in the school, Wallace, we have a lot of black students in, in San Bernardino, Rialto, Victorville, and whatever. But when you break it down on a class-by-class basis, there still might only be one or two black, black children in a class. Mm. So when it comes to support and follow-up, whose hand gets lost. When they raise a hand to answer a question, there are a lot of other hands. How much attention do those teachers play to that individual black child as, and, um, as, as far as the support system? We talk about the stresses of um, you know, being from a single-parent home. We talk about the stresses of low income. And the school system was, again, supposed to be a place where we had a way to identify that, to provide some other support for families. We're not doing that to the, to the degree that we should. From the standpoint of demographics, the census, and other things, um, we don't even need a census to tell us where that are. All we have to do is go look at the enrollments, and we'll see these neighborhoods where those kids are. The other problem with San Bernardino um, has to do with mobility and things. We have a, a community that's primarily people who live in, who are renting homes. They're not their own homes. They move from one place to another. The apartment complexes that have grown in San Bernardino, you'll notice now that they've shifted so that um, right now the largest group of black students in the, in the community is in the Del Rosa area. It's no longer the west side. Mm -hmm. So Jefferson Hunt has the highest percentage of black kids. The Del Rosa area that used to be a middle-income community is now a low-income community. And that's what, that's what happens throughout our city. So, so before the support system for our kids, you know, 
we're the home of the uh, Little League World Championship. How many Little Leagues do we have right now for black kids? How many black kids are participating in sports, in Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, all those things? How many of them can go to the Boys and Girls Clubs and things like that? So there are a lot of things that we as a community can do, and that's why it's important that we as blacks speak up and identify those issues, and we have to put pressure on our government elected officials. They've got to do more. And so, but they have to recognize, and we as a community have to recognize where we stand and put this in perspective so that by us having the, um, in our, in the Inland Empire, we've got the second highest black population when you look at both counties. So we're not doing anything related to pressing that again and using that as a resource to say, we've got the power, we've got the people, we've got the resources, we've got the solutions. But we've got to come together to work together wow. to resolve those. That is exactly where we need to go. This is Empire Talks Back. I'm Wallace Allen speaking with Walter Hawkins of Newhawk Consulting, April Clay of Clay Counseling. And I think we just turned the curve. We've been talking about some of the problems that confront our community, uh, specifically the black community, and it echoes into the rest of the planet. So we're trying to solve a cornerstone issue here, folks. We'll be back right after this break, and we're going to talk about some solutions. We've discussed some problems, but man, I think we're smart enough to know that every problem is only a disguise for a solution. We'll be right back. I know we've got a long Publish your legal notice in West Side Story newspaper. For the best service and the best rates, call 909-384-8131. Publishing legal notices in the city and county of San Bernardino since 1990. West Side Story provides friendly expert service. Call 909-384-8131 to benefit from budget-friendly rates. Whether a fictitious business name, a name change, a divorce summons, or any other legal or public notice, call West Side Story newspaper, 909-384-8131. 909-384-8131. That's 909-384-8131. All right, guys, we're back. Hey, I just want to remind you that uh, Empire Talks Back is brought to you by the Improve Association, a 501c3. And uh, we can use your donations and support. You can uh, give us a call at 909-915-7922. I will answer that phone, and I will tell you how you can donate to the Improve Association, who quite frankly, involved in the revitalization of Route 66. You might want to talk to me about that, too. That's 909-915-7922. All right, we're back with Mr. Walter Hawkins, Dr. April Clay. Uh, we've just discussed some issues. Uh, we're concerned about violence. We're concerned about the various stresses and trauma that goes on in the African-American community. We're concerned about how that bounces through that community and echoes throughout the rest of society. So folks are sitting here getting ready to fix your life sandwich with one of the main ingredients of the sandwich. Walt, we've talked about school issues. We've talked, you know, as I, as I play back what you were discussing in terms of the problems on our school campuses, blah, 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 blah. I, it's old news. That's what's been going on ever since you and I started high school. Uh, and we know that the solution is institutional to a certain degree, but it's kind of like that absent father. 
we have some things in our community that we need to do, can do, and uh, should get started on. Uh, you mentioned those every time you mentioned the problem. You mentioned tutoring. You know, mentioned our kids not getting the full scope at school. Um, what are these solutions? What should we be doing? Let's uh, put together a little list so that folks out there can see how that they can become involved and actually make it better while we work on those deep-seated solutions. See, because there's a reason for stress. Because when we read the headlines of the things that confront education in the African-American community, the things that confront economic development in the African-American community, the things that confront and, and, and agitate against any cultural advancement, it's the same thing. We're dealing with somebody that thinks they're superior and the stress that goes on in our community is traumatic. So what do we do? Doc, either one of you doctors, talk to well, us. Well, I think, um, to me, Wallace, um, uh, I've always, you know, look at a, at a solutions and be a, a solution-based person, but I'll just give you an, an, an analogy. Um, I think what's happened to us as a, a community and throughout the state is that um, we, we always hear the term, you know, uh, stick to your lane. Everybody has a lane. Why are you in your lane? Or as uh, Laura Ingram said, um, you know, um, you know, go back, go off and dribble, she, yeah. whatever. White <laughs> folks criticizes. But the, the biggest issue that we have from you, Angelus, we had a lot of different things. People moved here from Los Angeles because they wanted to contribute. We don't have that any longer. So we've got a We've got a lot of folks who are doing good jobs, and we have a lot of folks who are doing good things as a community. But we've got to, uh, one of the solutions is we've got to get together again with that master plan. So I'm saying instead of us all being on our lanes, we need to build that highway system and bring those lanes together so we can be an eight-lane highway and that we can help contribute, you know, with each other. Or make and do a- some of those things. Or as many of us, as we grew in the South, we always knew, you know, like if I messed up school, walking back from school before I got home, my mother and my dad already knew what happened because the grapevine was really quick, and and we supported each other's kids, and we had a way that we were concerned about each other's kids. And we listen, the grape, the grape, the grapevine, not happening. The grapevine cannot compete with the internet. You know, it's what we well, use our but, resources for. It's you know, and that's what we're looking for now is the solution. See, that's the issue, that's the issue, solution. That's, that's why I'm saying to you. And, I'm, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the census is that that technology has even caught up with the census. So this next year, the census is going to be primarily Internet-based. And everybody says that sounds great. So what we still don't realize is that in okay, our Okay, no, we, it's not so much that we don't realize it. It's the thing that the people who do realize it want to waste our time teaching us instead of leading us. So like now, don't worry about teaching us about that problem. Lead us to the solution. How do we take advantage of the fact that it's on the Internet? Well, let me give you an example, and that's what I was going to bring up. Carolyn Tillman and Milton Clark are part of the Library Commission. The city of San Bernardino was getting ready, wanted to close their branch libraries. And so when I put together a piece for them that says that, hey, you need to keep those branch libraries open because um, as we get to the census, the city is, is, is cutting its nose off despite its face because... Okay, the not the city. Let, let, let's, go, let's go back San over Bernardino. to... No, but let's go back over to the people we're concerned about. The thing <laughs> is now, like, Walt, even with vo- voting 
and registration, you don't have to be a registrar and you don't have to know what you're doing. All you have to do is open your laptop up to the group at the room and open it up to voter registration and they can all register online. And Wallace, so, Wallace, no, you're missing my point. No, this my is point, point is, Walt, the that we have I'm enough. The point to say to you is that we don't have the laptop. That's my point. No, we don't. Everybody that needs them don't. But people like you and me know that we can go. If we can work it out to where we could get the lab, the uh, the computer lab at the college open for a day or two, and we heard a group of people in, that we can deal with that. So what we're saying is that we know how to organize a party. Let's that's organize or let's organize a census party. That's what you're really saying, that's, right? That's my point exactly. Okay, we great. That's that's the solution. Let's have some census parties. We don't have to explain to people why. We just have to have enough food and drink and fun there and tell them it's a party. When they get there, then we drop the census on them. We but are trying no, to over-teach. Back up, Wallace. Back up. Back up. I agree. Okay, here's good. what we need to do. We've got, a, we've got a committee in this area called the Complete Count Committee. They've got resources, but they're not addressing black folks. So to have that census party, we don't have to go into our pocket. They've got. A I don't mind going to my pocket. I don't we mind going to my pocket. We, and you're right. There are things that we should expect that should be shared with the government, but those expectations are demonstrated. The results of those expectations are demonstrated in the fact that we are sitting here today talking about issues on our education, school education that we've been talking about for 40 years. And my point isn't that we haven't made progress. It's that as we've made progress, it's because of things that we were doing parallel to the things that we were requesting other people to do. You're absolutely right. We have... All of those resources that the government and everybody's involved in and with the census. But I think, Dr. Clay, that we should also subsidize that in terms of our our own commitment. And you're right, Walt, we shouldn't have to pay, but we're paying for stuff anyway. If you know, I mean, we're paying for we're paying for all kind of crazy stuff. Might as well pay to have that party that's going to be productive. And matter of fact, Let me, can I chime in now? Please. All right. So I have three three things I want to point to us, and it's just highlighting what you guys have already said, but, it, but I want to add my, my mental health two cents. So I think it's important that we take back our mental health. We can take back our mental health by limiting um, and monitoring our media influence because it does impact the black psyche. It tells us who we are and what we're capable of. And when we feed ourselves those messages, we need to decide strategically who we will allow to feed us, feed our children, I think that we have far too long allowed our music to be dictated by other people, written about us, fed to us. I think it's all lies. We're not gangbangers, thugs, only a wannabe NBA players. That's not who we are. We're doctors, scientists. Where's the music about that? So we got to get back to some of that good messaging. Um, you know, fight the power. They, they killed Public Enemy as soon as that message was sent mm -hmm. because the media waves don't want to give us things that feed our souls in a positive way. So I think we got to take back our mental health when it comes to what we do, in part by uh, one of the biggest um, incarcerating institutions in the country. I'm not sure if we're all aware of that. we got to talk about that. They're, they put black faces on the cover of their magazine talking about they're the best, the biggest mental health provider, and they're the owner of all the of the majority of the prisons in the U.S. That's a problem. We need to be advocating against that. And then participating in activities that enhance each other, that's going to feed our mental health. Giving back, spending time, that idea that we have to be agreeable, we have to share the stories 
of our ancestors, share the stories, not the slave stories. We didn't start here. That's right. And share, share our way of being. And, 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 and time and time is running out here. Actually, three minutes. Oh, OK. Yeah. And, and so the, the the stories that have been told about us, as opposed to the stories that we know about us, are really critical. I love what you're saying, uh, April. I uh, love what you're saying, Walt. I like that we could continue this at some point. Uh, I'd like to invite you back. The conversation is definitely not complete, but we are looking at the fact that we really have resources that we touch and control that we are not using to empower ourselves and contribute what we know we can contribute. And we've got a lot of reasons for that. The stress is real. The trauma is real. But like we said, it's not something that we're not really used to. How we work ourselves around it is important. Walt, 30 seconds. April, give you 30 seconds and close out of here. Walter? Okay, well, thanks. Um, again, happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, what I'd like to leave us with there are, are some resources, that, especially in terms of one of the other areas we've talked about, and that is economic empowerment. So, um, Wallace, share this with your... your um, Quickly, Walt. Your, your outlet, C-E-E-M dot C-O-O-P, Theme Cope. So that's a, a, an organization that's here that's working on the economic empowerment that we need to look at is how we spend our money, develop jobs, and support ourselves. So Very that's good. an important aspect that we have to look at. That helps everybody. April, it looks like my brother Walt took your 30 seconds. So we're going to get you back on. We're going to get both of you guys back on. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank the audience for deciding to be with us today. And we will be back next week under two circumstances. One, good Lord willing. Two, the creek don't rise. God bless you guys. Happy Father's Day. Not to you guys who've been a sex machine, but to the real dads. Love you. Like things are trying